Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And we can now refer to this as a series-clinching post-game edition of Spits and Suds. Hello, everybody. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by EP Ringside, Chap Shots, D Magazine, famous author, our friend, (laughs) NHL guru. I'm just in a good mood. Sean, as I was entering the building tonight, I'm feeling good. The stars are up. And there's a cricket on the first floor. And I'm like, I started to go in the elevator. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see if that cricket's still alive. And, you know, gave him a little nudge and he hopped. And I said, you know what? I'm going to grab that cricket. And I opened the door and I let him out. And so I was feeling good. That's how good I was feeling. I was like, Mr. Cricket, live another day. I mean, granted, it's (laughs) raining out and you'll probably drown, but that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> so I, you know, just a random thought. I mean, I was just, I was just, I felt that way all night. Like watching this game, I was like, I was like, boy, this team really does have a quiet confidence about themselves. Where, I mean, granted, the last seven minutes you were kind of hanging on, but I mean, that's such a desperate team in the Minnesota Wild. But it's just like the whole night, I was just, just the composure never left this team. Yeah, I mean. This series, to me, it was uh, I, I used the the line in some quick game observation post of I I used the line uh, this this game just felt like a prelude to handshakes for me, right? Like this was a game where you go back the series was this series started with such a roar, right? Like it was yeah. so like like back go back to game one double overtime game absolutely tremendous. Dallas swings big in game two, Minnesota, Minnesota sets really controls everything in game three, Dallas kind of game four, they're coming back because of Jake Ottinger. And then after from game, the last six periods of this series, Dallas just dominated. Like, I mean, the, the Frederick Goudreau goal with, uh, with about seven minutes left or eight or whatever it was, um, in the third period may have put a little bit of life into the building, but other than just kind of the natural playoff nerves of of natural playoff nerves, like it's this game never felt like it was in question. I mean, since from the start of game five on Dallas basically put a stamp that they were going to close out this series. And you look at the ways they did it, you look at the areas that they they capitalized on and 
even on, even though obviously he was, he was good tonight. He made, he, he had, he made a couple of big saves late, but like the last two games, as good as Jake Ottinger had to be the first four games, Jake Ottinger only had to be human the last two games. Mm-hmm. because The stars as a team closed this out the way they did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The shutout streak unfortunately ends for Jake Ottinger, but wow. I mean, that's uh that's quite impressive the shutout streak he was having. But you're right, he wasn't he wasn't overly tested, made the big saves when he needed to. Um game certainly could have changed if Ryan Hartman's scores early in that game would have given Minnesota uh a lot of momentum. Um boy, I watched that replay several times. It's kind of like the second period with Marchment. How did that goal not yeah. go in? You know, and, and that's and that's playoff hockey. Sometimes it's just you know, the right bounce at the right time. And uh, the stars certainly got lucky on that one. It, it's almost kind of, it was the, the space was almost exactly the same too. Yeah. I think it was the exact same post, right? It yeah. was the exact same post where Hartman missed. It was the exact same post that uh, uh, Marchman missed later in the game. So you talk about, you talk about a little bit of hockey karma going both ways. It's, I mean, this is a game where, yes, Hartman scores that goal. This is a different game. I'm not disputing that. I also look at this game where for everything you look at where Minnesota could have, could have, should have, would have. There was also could have, should have, would have moments for Dallas too. Oh, absolutely. So I I look at this as a... um, it was the stars were the better team for the whole series. They, they really elevated themselves in game five and six. And I thought tonight, what's the biggest thing we've talked about, Gavin is, will they get it done at five on five? Will they get yep. it done at five on five? And yep. Obviously you don't want them like keep scoring power play goals. Obviously that's not something you're not saying not to score on the power play, but they went and they did, they did the thing at even strength. And I thought, um, the uh, Rope Hintz's goal in the first period Ooh. was that was pretty. That was a that was the kind of counter punch that this team has. If you don't watch the stars often, right? Like if you don't watch the stars often, and someone who is a uh, who who's see watches this team casually or watches the NHL casually you might look at the first period and think it was Minnesota dictating, but Gavin, you've watched the stars team enough to know that in general, they kind of start the game that way quite often. I mean, that's been the MO honestly for a decade, almost whether you, whether right for better or worse, the Jamie Ben era of the Dallas stars have always started games slow. Don't know why it just always been, it's, it's, it's been a thing. Yeah. And then they kind of weather it for a little bit and then they counter punch and, that's what Hintz did. And what a great little play uh, to set it up in the neutral zone by Sagan to get Hintz going. Um, fitting that he absolutely sent John Klingberg into six different dimensions on the play. Yep. And just just the type of thing where, like, you talk about a guy who's having a absolutely incredible playoff series and it starts the year. Is, it's Rope Hintz. And I... I love the way he's playing. I love the way that he has stepped up since Joe, Joe Pavelski's been hurt. We've talked about how you'd like to see more from Robertson, but the way Ropa Hintz has stepped up. And then we talk about, can they get the depth? Can they get the depth scoring yep. at, at at five on five? And then they get it from uh, each line kind of almost scores within its own identity, sort of, right? Like the Hintz line scores with 
uh, Rope coming in with, with speed and attacking a nice yep. little one, two play with Tyler Sagan. Then Johnston scores to make it two nothing on a, on a play where um, the, the, the play of it actually is not, I wish I haven't been able to find the right replay that I'd love to illustrate this for people, but um, the Dadanov forcing the turnover and setting the pass is great. Wyatt Johnston's route on this play. And I, I really, I'm going to have to go back when I rewatch this game, I'm going to have to find, see if I can find a better replay of it. Wyatt Johnston, basically, he is the one who it's a kind of a dump in chip in play where he's the one who is gives it the gives it the chip near the red line that sends it all the way in and where Gustafson struggles with it. And then he basically takes the exact proper route to the to that spot. And it's one of those very little simple things that you talk about 19 year old kids hockey IQ, Mm -hmm. right? Those things like I I really I I hope that when I go back through this or maybe I I hope that in one of the other broadcasts maybe has the overhead because I'd love to see just the route that Johnston took because everything about it is perfect from the dump in the little chip and dump in to reading off Dadanov's forecheck to the finish. Yeah, absolutely great. Uh, You love seeing and, and I wasn't worried about Johnston not scoring and going into the second round. That wasn't a worry, but it is nice to get number one out of the way, right? Like it's always what one of the always the biggest things is how do you get number one out of the sure. way, get the monkey off the back, do that. Like, so you got that done. The dad and off Johnston Ben line, like I love how they play with energy. I love how they do things. And then the big one, right? The yeah. big one, the one the killer like, with point three seconds left. Yes. Yes. Mason Marchment from Max Domi. Um, now Matt Zuccarello missed the net at the other end of the ice with like yes. seven or eight seconds left. Yeah. Um, good, good, uh, good bounce off the boards. Yep. Domi with the nice pass. However, I will say if Brodeen, I mean, and rightfully so tried to break it up, but that breakup that tipped off his stick went right to Marchment. I think if that's clean and doesn't touch Brodeen's stick, I don't know if Marchment's getting it clean. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you may probably but, not. I mean, I mean, regardless, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, furthermore, uh, terrific job by Marchman sheltering himself from the defender uh, to give himself a clean shot at the net and then just a nifty move to roof it with 0.3 seconds left. The calmness, once again, we talk about. And uh, yeah, that pretty much, I mean, just to score that goal and then walk in the locker room. I mean, that feeling must have been unreal in the room. Oh, and, and I I look at the goal. Um, 
that goal for Marchment reminded me of his uh, his actual first goal of his first goal of the season all the way back in October. Sure. Um, there's a he has a he's not the fastest dude, right? Like he's got he's got he has some he has decent speed and everything like that. But there's one of the things that Marchment does I think he has a really deceptive, nice deceptive release when he gets, uh, when he gets loose like that. And it, it almost, it's kind of like a little bit of a slap. It's a wrist shot, but it's kind of more of like a slap wrist shot. I don't want to say slap shot because it's not the big windup, but basically, essentially, if you, if you look at the, uh, on that play coming in, the blade of the stick is so wide open where there's no, as a goalie from Gustafson's perspective on that, there's no clean read on where he's going to shoot in the way he's carrying that in. And now the real, the one thing that Gustafson probably needs to account for and, and should have done a little bit more is there's only a couple of places he can shoot. And with time coming down, he probably should have come out more aggressively. That's mm-hmm. something Gustafson probably should have done there. But aside from that, I love the way that Marchman sets up his shot when he gets the break like that, because he sets up that little, it's almost that little slap wrister where he can kind of almost with speed kind of almost chop it. And that's kind of what he did there. And he did that all the way back in, uh, that's like his first goal to stars with all the way against Nashville back in October. That's how he scored that goal. So that was great. And then obviously it was just kind of fun and almost comical at the end to see him and Domi both going out of their way to try to get the other one, a goal in the empty net to make it. So that was pretty cool too. Yeah, absolutely. And then the spits and suds chatter and, potential prediction of seeing flurry in game six. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, can we take credit yeah. for that? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we willed it to happen, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, it was yeah. just, it was, it was so cool. And even toward the end, it's, I mean, that third goal certainly paid dividends, you know, um, and the wild, you know, I mean, like I said, backs up against the wall, obviously desperate times, you know, without a goalie, you got the extra skater on the ice, but you know, Stars did a couple of um, uh, nice things. Obviously, first, the last three games, I think they showed that they were the better squad. And yes. last year, I remember saying that as the series went along, I'll be very candid, I felt as though Calgary was the better squad, and I think it showed as the well, series they moved they along. They were, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, so, um, and I like how Minnesota changed their style to offset the Stars on the power play and the stars responded with better five on five play. So I I just think for every adjustment that the wild made, the stars were there and countered that and the stars made some nice adjustments. I will say I keep going back and forth because I do want to see Colin Miller back, but it's awfully tough after winning three straight to remove Joel Hanley now from the lineup. Yeah, and Joel has Joel played well. He did. He also, and and as I, I had, it was funny. I saw someone disagreed with my view of this on, on Twitter. But I also I look at Joel Hanley played eleven thirty eight tonight, right? Like if if you've got a defenseman playing eleven thirty eight, I'm not really worried about. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not overly worried about uh, about keeping him in the lineup. I like it. so for me, I'm still at the point where I would try to get Colin Miller back in because I think I think the ceiling Colin Miller provides yep. 
is higher than what Joel Henley provides. Now, if especially, I mean, and maybe you uh, say you go into series two with a fresh slate and whatever, and, and, uh, and I, and I, especially, I think with against Seattle and we can talk more, more about this. And whenever we, where we have a schedule, we know who they'll actually play. Cause I know Colorado's, I believe Colorado's winning right now against Seattle. Yeah. By the time before, yeah. yeah, by the time we're done with this, yeah, we'll, we'll probably, we'll, be, know. we'll know that they'll, we'll know there'll be a game seven yep. coming up between Colorado and Seattle. And either way, you're going to be playing a much faster team in the second round, whether it's Colorado or Seattle, it doesn't matter. Both of them are much faster teams than Minnesota. And I want a better skating defenseman back there in Colin Miller, probably in that case. Now, that's nothing against what Joel Hanley did. If Colin Miller comes back for one game and looks awful, okay, put Joel Hanley back in and that's your that's that's your solution. But just that's that's how I would look at it. Um, you know you're going to have you have a natural break as a coach here where you're changing series, you're changing opponents. So you have a built-in quote unquote excuse to change the lineup and you're changing the lineup anyway, because in theory, Joe Pavelski will be ready for game one, considering he traveled for this one and, and, uh, and should have, and let's see. So they'll probably, the next round probably will start in about four or five days, uh, four or five days from now. So he'll have some more time. So you're already changing the lineup and something else anyway. So you have a bunch of natural excuses and breaks to change the lineup before game one of the next round. 